Good. If you have your Bibles with you, um, you might want to turn to this passage in Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel's in the Old Testament. There's a little bit of booming on this. Liam, do I turn it down a fraction? Just a fraction? Thank you. Um, Ezekiel's in the Old Testament. You'll find it sort of, if you go to the middle of the, old, middle of the Bible, it goes to Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Ezekiel. Okay? <laughs> You'll get there. Right. Now, just a little bit of background. Um, this book that Ezekiel uh, in the Old Testament was written about 600 years before Jesus came. So this is just a little bit of background, a little bit of context. The people of Israel were in a mess. That's a technical term. Um, I don't know what mess is in Greek, right? Because I don't do Greek or Hebrew, but it, they were in a mess. Some of them were enslaved in a place called Babylon, which was now part of Iraq, and some of them were left in what was the promised land. Um, and they were just living in ruins. But God raised up Ezekiel as a prophet to speak to both groups. And this is one of the messages that Ezekiel was given to reassure the people that God hadn't abandoned them. Okay, It's a passage called the Valley of Dry Bones. And it's a very picturesque passage of scripture. It wasn't written for us in Beckles on the 14th of August 2022. Right? He didn't write this for us. But because we can, we can still learn from an unchanging God that can change our circumstances in the same way that Ezekiel prophesied for those. So I'm going to get Sue to come and read the passage for us. And uh, so this is, if you've got it in your Bible, it's Ezekiel chapter 37, verses 1 to 10. Okay. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons of flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Great. Thank you, Sue. So you've got the, the imagery there, okay, of there's this valley full of dry bones, right? And the Lord brings Ezekiel into the picture. So I want you to picture that valley of dry bones, 
Right? I did actually try and go, I went on Google Images to try to find some value of bones, and some of them are a bit gory, so we won't go there. But, you know, just uh, that one there is, is, is quite a nice little picture. It's a little bit dark because of the, uh, but you get the idea, okay? So I want you to, to focus on the imagery here. There are three things that um, I want us to pick up on from this passage. Now, remember, this passage was not written for us, but we can learn from it. One of the things that we can learn from it is that the Lord put Ezekiel in the valley. Right? He didn't put him on the side of the mountain to gaze down into the valley. He put him in the valley. Now, if you want to get a high-level picture of something, if you go, now some folks have been to the Lake District, right? and they came back and Helen was there. And I guess, Helen, that there were times when you went on a hill and looked down in the valley? Uh, right, right, no. No, 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 Helen, when I say that, you're supposed to go, yes, Peter, right? <laughs> Otherwise, it ruins the whole talk. Right? Right. But some people, um, not like Helen, right? But other people would go up onto the hillside and look down into the valley. Now, some people uh, who used to live in Derbyshire, like Jim and Margaret sitting at the back, they used to do that, didn't you? You used to go up and look down? Yes, Thank you. <laughs> See, that's what I like, right? A little bit of participation. So that's the best way to get the vista, isn't it? You look down, but if you look down, it's all a little bit unreal because you're not in it. And so what the Lord said to Ezekiel is, I don't want you to gaze down on this valley of dry bones. I want you to be in it. I want you to go right into it. And so the passage says that he walked to and fro. He didn't just stand in in the valley, he walked. So he really understood that these bones were dry. It would have been easier for him, um, actually, to just have gazed down, but he had to go in it. So the Lord made him walk in the valley, and so he's up to his ankles, at least, in this dry, lifeless bones. And what strikes me about the passage is that the Spirit didn't simply want Ezekiel to see the vision. He wanted him to experience it, to participate in it, okay? So I have a question this morning. I've got a number of questions. And this first question is, what valley has the Spirit of God led me into? What valley has the Spirit of God led you into? Are there dry bones around us? Maybe dry bones in our family. Maybe dry bones in our work situation. Maybe in our financial situation. We're surrounded by dry bones. Just a quick example of what I'm talking about here. Um, for 10 years, uh, I worked at the London Stock Exchange. And during that time, my career was sort of blossoming and we were doing great financially. Um, and in 1992, so 30 years ago, the Lord called me out of the Stock Exchange to work for a Christian mission to prisoners and their families called Prison Fellowship. Some of you may have heard of it. Now, let me explain to you that when you're high-flying in the stock exchange, your salary, when you go to a Christian mission, doesn't stay at this level, right? Um, We understood that, and and Sue and I passionately believed that God was calling us into this new work, and we spoke to our children, who were then 14 and 12, and we said, look, we believe this is what God is calling us to, so we agreed that we we would leave that old part of my career and start this new journey. It meant that funds were incredibly tight. Uh, we, never went, we never went without, but funds were tight. And there was one time when 
Um, we were surrounded by dry bones, but it wasn't actually dry bones because the bones were dry, because the washing was dry, because the washing machine broke. And we had no funds to be able to replace the washing machine. This was on, a, I think, a Wednesday or a Thursday, and we got the little man out, because it's, it's always a little man, isn't it? That, actually, I mustn't, I mustn't say that anymore, must I? We got, we got the, the, the skilled technician of whatever gender to come out uh, to fix our washing machine, and he just wrote it off. He said, no, nah, no good. So it was a dead end. So I thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, we trust the Lord for these things. That's our dry bone. Uh, we trust the Lord for these things. On the Saturday morning, I went to a prayer meeting, and there was uh, one of the guys, one of my friends at church there at the prayer meeting, and he said, how's your week been? I said, actually, it's been really good, except a bit of a bummer, because the washing machine's broke. And he said, oh, we've got a brand new one sitting in our garage. Well, who has a brand new washing machine sitting in the garage? Right? And he explained that uh, he and his wife, Beryl, who was Phil, Phil and Beryl had, oh, Phil and Beryl are listening to this. Hi, Phil and Beryl, because um, it's been taped, didn't it? I forgot, I must change names. Uh, uh, well, let's call him Phil, right? That may or may not be his name, but we'll call him Phil. So uh, he said that they had just been to empty out Beryl's mother's house because she was going into a care home and didn't need all the ornament things. But she had recently bought a brand new washing machine. I don't think it had even been used. And they decided not to just sell that with everything else, but to take it home. Right? So he said, oh, we've got one in our garage. I'll bring it round. So by lunchtime on the Saturday, the Lord had resurrected our dry bone financial situation. Right? Just a little example of how when we... When we Bring the Lord into situations. He can change things around. So that's the first thing. that we have to, The Lord was in the valley. It would be really good if we never had those sorts of challenges. I'd be, I would love it if we never had that challenge of a broken washing machine, but we did. Right? So we're in the valley. The second thing is that the situation was obvious and it was hopeless. Okay? The bones were very dry. There was absolutely no life. Scripture says the bones were very dry. Now, now I would have thought that bones were bones, but no, right? Bones were very dry, okay? Um, and then uh, the Spirit asked, 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 asked Ezekiel the question, can these bones live, right? And I wonder if Ezekiel paused at that point and looked around him at these bones, thinking, can these bones live? Well, not obviously so, really, you know, um, I don't know whether you've ever seen bones anywhere, but, you know, you don't normally think, oh, good, yeah, well, they'll come back to life. I mean, it's a bit like some of our plants, quite frankly, in our garden. Right now, some of our plants in our garden are looking like bones, and I'm not even sure they're going to come back. But these bones were very dry. And perhaps he noticed they were very dry because he'd been walking among them. See, it wasn't just looking down in the valley thinking that the, bo the bones were dry. He knew they were dry. He knew the situation was hard because he'd been in it. Right? He participated in it. Right? And he'd lived the experience of the bones close up and personal. And he realized that there was no hope of life left in them. But then I wonder if Ezekiel, when he turned back to the face and faced the spirit of the Lord, that he realized that there was hope after all. So I come back to my question earlier. What dry bones do I see around me? Maybe in my family, maybe in my work, maybe in my finances, maybe other things. I'd like you just to 
almost name in your mind, if you're able, that situation. What are the dry bones? It might not be anything that I've just suggested. It might be something completely different that you're in, that you are experiencing, you're participating in right now, a dry bone situation. It might be health. It might be finances. It might be family. What dry bones also do we see around us as a church? Now, one of the reasons that we are seeking the building is not because we want a building. And by the way, if we do get the building, it's already got air conditioning in it, right? That's good news, isn't it, right? Um, so, uh, and I pray that we won't blow the fuses on it on a hot day, right? But um, uh, we, we want the building, not for its own sake, but so that we can speak into the dry bones that are around us people who don't know the spirit of God so what are the dry bones that I see around me and what are the dry bones that we see as a church as part of this little preach I'm going to put some prayers up on the screen and I'd like us to read them out together so this is the first one so let's just read this together slowly it says, Spirit of the Lord, I choose not to focus on the dry bones of my circumstances, but to fix my eyes on you instead. You, only you know what is possible. See, if Ezekiel had only kept looking at the dry bones and not looking back to the Spirit of the Lord, I'm sure that he would have become despondent and thinking, no, these bones can't live. But we know that with God things are possible. But it didn't happen where just God spoke to the bones and they came into being. Wouldn't it be nice if in your dry bone situation you could just say, Lord, it's all yours, right, deal with it. But I'd, I'd like that sometimes. Now, I'd like to have said... Lord, the planning application for our building is all your responsibility. Just make it happen, right? It didn't. It took some participation, right? It took effort. And sometimes we have to engage with God. Very often we have to engage with God. And certainly that was true for Ezekiel. Because Ezekiel heard the voice of the Lord saying, prophesy. Now, when you prophesy, I don't know if you've ever had a prophecy, but when you get a word that you think you want to share, it takes faith and courage to believe that it's God and not just the cheese on the pizza from the night before. Okay? Because if you have too much cheese on the pizza the night before, right, sometimes you, know, you can sort of prophesy in strange ways. He had to overcome doubt. Here's Ezekiel walking amongst these dry bones, Here's you walking amongst your dry bones, whether it be relationships, work situations, health situations, finances. You know your dry bones. Right? You are walking amongst those dry bones. It's going to take faith for you to turn around and to prophesy into those that those dry bones will change, that those things will live. It took, it took courage for Ezekiel. So how might the Lord be leading me to participate in my dry bone situation? Sometimes things look alive, like they did for Ezekiel, but they aren't really alive. 
the reconstructed bodies that Ezekiel saw in that vision um, had the appearance of life, but they looked alive on the outside, but they lacked one essential ingredient. They had no breath in them. Now, sometimes when we start to participate with God and we prophesy and we speak and we pray into situations, things don't happen immediately. I want to tell you a story, and I very rarely tell this story without getting choked up and crying. So I'll just get my hanky ready just in case. Right? It's the story of a young lass called Vicky. Uh, Sue and I were foster carers with Essex Social Services when we lived in Essex, because you can't be an Essex social carer if you're in Suffolk, right? So when we lived in Essex. And um, there was a young lass uh, called Vicky. When she was born, she was starved of oxygen for a short while, uh, which meant that she suffered cerebral palsy and she was blind and had a number of other physical difficulties. Her mum had other children and was really unable to look after Vicky. Uh, so when she came to us at one year old, she weighed 11 pounds. That's because she'd been neglected, okay? Um, and she came to us and she was basically, she'd learned not to cry because why bother to cry? Because I don't get any attention. If I'm hungry, I don't get fed. So she would basically be just laying there. And the Lord, uh, the social service came to us and asked us if we would, if we would, look after Vicky until a, a permanent adoptive family could be found. And we spoke to our kids, I think Simon and Gemma were probably about seven, five, something like that at the time, seven and five. And we said, look, this is going to be a big impact on us because it's like having a new baby into the home. Uh, but they were up for it. Sue is always up for these things because she's got a big heart. Um, and so we said, yes, we would do that. And we had no idea how long that would be for because with Vicky's uh, challenges, uh, she um, might not find adoptive parents easily. So she was our dry bone situation. And we brought her into the family and we started to, as we, as we did with our, our own children, we prayed for them. We took Vicky to church with us. We got the church to pray. We anointed her with oil. We laid hands on her. And slowly but surely, things started to change. One of the miraculous things that happened was I was carrying her, because this is how you carry babies, I seem to remember that. My son is 40, 40, 44 now, right? So I couldn't do this with him, but, but I could at one time. I carried Vicky like this into the kitchen, and we had those strip lights, you know, the sort of strip lights, a bit like these things, actually. And I noticed as I walked underneath the strip light, so Vicky arched her back and was looking up at the strip light. And I thought, that's interesting. So I went back, and I did it again. All right. And she arched her back and looked at the... I said, Sue, come and watch this, right? Because, you know, sometimes I get things... I know you're going to find it hard to believe that I get things wrong sometimes. So Sue said, that's amazing, because she's blind. Well, actually, no. She wasn't totally blind, was she? Because she could see the lights. So we arranged for her to go to Moreland's Eye Hospital in London to get some treatment... And slowly her, her clawed hands started to open up. She was fitting, and sometimes when she had an epileptic fit, she'd have a thumb in her mouth. And if you have a, you're a fit, you clench your teeth, so she would bite really hard on her thumb while she stopped fitting. Right? And all of this, she didn't, she's still very unwell as a baby. And we had her for 18 months. 
What I'm saying is that she was our value of dry bones. If you just said to me when we got her, all these things were going to happen, I'd say only if the Lord intervenes, only if the Spirit of the Lord says to this dry bone, live. And Vicky was adopted. She now lives up in Lytham St. Anne's. I have this little hope that one day, and I have no scriptural basis for this, okay, so that I'll never be allowed to preach again because I'm now way outside scriptural evidence. I have this little hope that one day when Sue and I are in heaven together, there will be a glorious young lady who will come up to us and say, Hi, I'm Vicky. And we'll say, Yeah, we remember you. <clears throat> well, that wasn't bad. I got to the end of the story before I got choked up, so... So why did I share that story? Because, you know, we all have these dry bone circumstances. We all do. But the Lord says to Ezekiel, he says to us, prophesy, speak into them, pray into them. If you've got a really difficult relationship where maybe your partner doesn't, doesn't believe, and I know that a number of you have got partners who don't believe, if you've got financial issues, health issues, pray into it and prophesy into it. Am I saying that you have to speak directly into the person? No, I'm not. Because do you know what? Those dry bones didn't have ears. Just let me get that again, right? Ezekiel was sold to prophesy to bones that didn't have ears. When Ezekiel prophesied, the bones could not hear him. They did not have ears to hear what, he, what Ezekiel was doing was he was speaking into the heavenly places right, and praying over that so that in the heavenly places things change. If things in the heavenly realms change, they change on earth. Okay? So grasp that point today. The Apostle John uh, says that uh, when Jesus was resurrected, he appeared to the disciples and he breathed on them saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. So if you've got people in your family who are backslidden and they're your dry bones, just pray that they will receive the Holy Spirit. If you've got people who don't know Jesus at all, pray over them. Pray blessing upon them. Pray that the Lord will, will break into their situation. If God says, speak to them directly, speak to them directly, but don't take this message and think, I have to go now and preach to my unbelieving partner. Right? I'm not saying that. If God says it, do it. Right? But I'm not saying that. I'm saying you prophesy over them. Pray over them. Okay? So, here's another prayer that I'd like us to pray together. So let's just pray this one. It says, Hear the word of the Lord, dry bones. The sovereign Lord will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon these places and these people that they may come alive and experience life in all its fullness. We're going to pray that again. But when we get to this bit here, we're going to stop. Okay? Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon. And then in your head, I want you to name your dry bone circumstance. Okay, so we'll pray it out loud until we get to the upon, then we'll be quiet for a moment, and then we'll pick it up that they or it may come alive. Okay, I realise that's complicated on a Sunday morning, and it's warm, but trust me, there were three points, and I've already delivered all three, which must mean we're coming to the end.
Okay, but we're going to pray this out loud again from the beginning. When we get to the upon there, we're going to pause. I want you to quietly name your dry bone experience. Whatever your dry bone is, right, pray that name or that situation, right, and then we'll continue. So let's just pray this again. Hear the word of the Lord, dry bones. That sovereign Lord will make breath enter you and you will come to life. Holy Spirit, come and breathe upon. Let's continue. That they may come alive and experience life in all its fullness. Perfect. So let's just summarize this little talk, shall we? The important thing to take away from today, first of all, you have to listen to what God is saying to you. Just because I'm standing here telling you to do something, don't listen to me. Listen to what God is saying to you. And listen carefully to what he's saying to you as well. As the Lord leads you, obey. Because it's no good hearing. If Ezekiel had heard God but hadn't gone to the valley and walked and, and prophesied, then nothing would have happened. So having listened, you need to obey and then participate in what God is doing. Because even if you think your circumstance is way outside of what God wants to be involved with, it's not. God wants everyone to experience his love and care in their lives. Everyone. That's even the most challenging person in your life. And Sue has got one of those in her life. Right? Even the most challenging people in our lives, God wants to touch and to change. So we need to participate in what God is doing. I'm going to do something which we don't often do. I'm going to invite you to make a response to this only if you can name your dry bone experience, okay? Particularly if that dry bone experience is a person. So if it's a health issue or it's something else, I don't want you to respond. But I want you, if your dry bone experience is a person, that when you, when I said to you, what is your dry bone? Or what is your dry bone experience? You thought, oh, it's, it's, you know, X, it's this person. If that, if you can name that person in your heart, in a moment, I'm going to ask you if you would just stand, right, just as a, as, as a response, if you like, that actually it is dry, but I want to do something. I want to see it change. That's really what we want. We want to see it change. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you just to stand where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come out the front. I'm not going to ask you to name it. It's just you. If there are people standing near you, I would like one person... Um, just to go and stand by them so that, you know, we know. So if that's you, then why don't you just stand now, okay? If you can name that person as your dry bone experience. Excellent. Okay, that's probably more than I thought. Um, if you're able, if there's people around you, just go, and, uh, just go and lay a hand on someone's shoulder. Just Okay, there's some folks at the back as well, Sue. Um, okay, let's go with Andrew. Okay, you don't have to speak, right? No one's asking you to speak. Um, could someone go with Alison? Just here. Uh, sorry. Uh, Ruth, could you just come and stand with Alison? Thank you. Has everybody got one person with them? Yeah. Sorry? So Andrew. There we go. I'll tell you what, I'll go. Oh, there. Thank you, Steve. Good man, Steve. Right. Okay. I'm going to pray, 
And I just want you to, to agree this prayer, okay? Spirit of the Lord, my hope is in you and not what I can see. And so like Ezekiel, I choose to be obedient, to say the things and do the things that you are calling me to do. Let's, let's all pray that together. It's on the screen. So, Spirit of the Lord, my hope is in you and not in what I can see. And so, like Ezekiel, I choose to be obedient, to say the things and do the things that you calling me to do. Thank you for those who have been with those other people. That's great. Just you may go and sit down. Bless you. Good, I'm sorry it was a, a warm morning, okay? But keep praying, okay? Keep praying into those dry bone situations. Right? And if you need to talk to somebody about those things, find someone that you trust, okay, and do that. Um, we've got one song to finish with, Paul? Great stuff, okay.